Welcome to Hospitality Forward, a podcast with the listeners in more than 100 countries. My name is Hana Lee. I am president and founder of Hana Lee Communications, an award-winning global PR agency specialized in hospitality and travel. And I'm Michael Ann Stendig, editor-in-chief of Hana Lee Communications, an award-winning co-author of The Japanese Art of the Cocktail, and a food and beverage writer. Helping the community has always been part of our agency's mission. We understand that a lot of business owners, bartenders, chefs, sommeliers, and others might not have the resources to hire a PR agency. So we created our podcast so that our listeners can get to know leading reporters and writers and start building relationships. Each week, our media guests from around the globe share their practical advice on how hospitality and travel professionals can be spotlighted in their stories. In fact, one of our loyal listeners got featured in the New York Times after listening to our podcast and following our media guests' tips. So, you could be next. Also, please send your favorite pitching tips from the episode to hello at hanaleecommunications.com for a chance to win a copy of our agency's book, The Japanese Art of the Cocktail. And now, moving on to the show. In this episode, we're delighted to chat with Amy Zavada, Content Director for South Porker. Amy is a multi-talented writer who covers wine, spirits, and food. She also regularly contributes to Martha Stewart and 750 Daily. Her work has appeared in Wine Enthusiast, Inside Hook, The New York Post, Liquor.com, Imbibe, Men's Journal, and many others. In addition, Amy is the author of several books, including The Big Book of Bourbon Cocktails, Prosecco Made Me Do It, Forager's Cocktails, and The Architecture of the Cocktail. Amy earned WSET Level 3 Certification in Wine and Spirits, and is a respected judge for the American Craft Spirits Association's Annual Small Production Spirits Competition. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, Hen and Michael. Thanks so much for joining us. So let's start at the beginning, Amy. How did you get into journalism? And also, was it always your dream to be a writer? The answer is a big, unequivocal yes. I knew I wanted to be a writer from the time I was a small child and went to journalism school uh, before that, wrote for my wrote for my hometown paper, wrote for my yearbook, just always, 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 always wrote. And it's always been my big, big love and passion. And what got you interested in covering spirits, cocktails, and wine? I started out in this business as a book editor. I think I took the safe route because the people who I saw who were writers and at Condé Nast, like their parents knew people and they got them jobs. And it all just seemed so like, oh, God, I don't know anybody like that. So I'll become a book editor. And I thought that that sounded practical. And it was satisfying for, for a while. And then after a while, it became unsatisfying because the longer you stay in book publishing, they don't tell you this, the more likely it is that you'll get further and further away from the creative process and you'll probably be negotiating contracts, which is, uh, you know, for me, deadly boring and not anything I wanted to do. But um, I was unhappy in my job and I had been trying to write on the side and my wonderful husband, who you both know, Dan Murata, he saw how unhappy I was and he said, why don't you just give the writing thing a try? 
see how it goes. If it doesn't work out, you can always go back to book publishing. So I thought, wow, I'm going to pursue, I'm going to pursue this. And I did, but it was a lot of fun and super exciting. And then I was asked by my former publisher, the, the book publisher I used to be an editor for, they said, you know, we know you're writing about food now. Would you want to write a book about wine and food pairing? And I, without even thinking, I said, Okay. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> then I got invited on a, um, a whiskey trip to the cornerstone laying of George Washington's distillery when they were rebuilding it. And on that trip, I met the wonderful, wonderful Dave Wondrich, uh, Sean Kelly, and I met Aliyah Akam, and I met Aww. so many wonderful people on that trip. And it was just such a game changer and made me fall in love with spirits. And I never looked back. So what do you like most about covering our hospitality industry? I love that the people in it, they're always working so hard to make it better, whether it's to taste better or look better or be better, you know, as humans and individuals. And, you know, I think we see a lot of that, a lot more of that now as we evolve as an industry, um, as we evolve as people. I think we just see... I'm a very positive person. I tend to look at the bright side of things. And I like to think that even out of bad situations, you can you can draw goodness, that there's good in most people. And I think I see those wonderful changes happening in all of us and in our industry. And I, that's that's special. You said that you didn't come to the this line of work with a lot of knowledge of the beverage side, but you then went on to earn a WSET Level 3 certification in wine and spirits. So how does that enrich your writing? I think education can always enrich your writing, whether it's about history. Certainly our industry draws so much on history. Whether I mean, anytime I'm researching a story, you know, when you when you look at the time period in the world that maybe you're you're discussing, whether it's now or in the past and you're trying to understand, well why why was there no Tabasco sauce here? Or why was there bitters here? Or why was there this there? Like, if you look at, you know, industry, if you look at, you know, social situations that were going on, if you look at so many parts of just historical data, it informs the story and what you're doing. So yes, I think education is incredibly important, whether you're just self-educating or if you're learning on the job, or if you're going to a, through a program like the Wine and Spirits Education Trust, which for me was, it just gave me such a wonderful basis. And I think I really felt I needed that because I did not, you know, I grew up in a blue collar family. We did not, you know, we had jugs of Carlo, whatever, Rossi, you know, Chablis, not Chablis in the refrigerator in the garage, you know, so I wanted to learn more and I wanted to learn more about the production and the history. And and for me, uh, doing a formal education was really useful. When I started that education, I will 100% admit to feeling insecure about my knowledge. It, it helped me to not feel that way. It's okay not to know things. It's just, it's, it's not okay not to try to learn them. So let's talk a little bit more about your upbringing. Uh, you're originally from Shelter Island, which for our listeners who may not know, it's this quaint little island between the North Fork and South Fork of Long Island. And in a way, you've come full circle in your new role as content director for South Forker. 
Congratulations. We have to celebrate together. I can't wait. <laughs> But in the meantime, can you tell our listeners a little bit about the publication and also its audience? Self-Worker, we launched in November digitally, and we are launching a print magazine in May, Memorial Day weekend. There are some wonderful publications uh, in the Hamptons, which is also what that area is probably its bigger calling card. <laughs> um, and there's not a lifestyle magazine publication that's more for everyone. There are very aspirational magazines that sort of are aimed more at, you know, Uh, you know, the people with multi, 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 multi million dollar homes um, and very as sort of aspirational and beautiful. You know, these are beautiful, glossy, lovely magazines that cover that scene and that world. Um, mine really focuses on just celebrating the area for everybody. And it celebrates the foodways and it celebrates the vineyards and it celebrates art. And I adore it. And it holds a very weighty, important place in my heart to be able to like tell these stories and really dig back into the community is amazing. And you had a great South Fork story on Roman Roth's 30th vintage at Wolf Estate Vineyard. That's quite a milestone. And actually, we work with Roman when we represented the Long Island Wine Council many, many years ago. And I have to say, he is truly a visionary. And he really proved that you could make world-class wine on Long Island and has been a real standard bearer for the entire region. So our listeners are from all over the world and love to travel. And we think that places on Long Island, like the Hamptons and Montauk and everything in between, uh, are fun places to visit. So in your opinion, what makes them such a great travel destinations? Oh, my God. Hamptons are Gorgeous. And I mean, the North Fork and the South Fork. I mean, they're both, they have a similar feel, but a very different feel. Like the North Fork is really vineyards, 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 vineyards. And if you really want like a true farm to table experience, like you don't have to fly out to Napa. You can have it right here in New York State. There are just so many beautiful beaches and so much like water sports, you know, if you want to just go out on a boat or, or, you know, I don't know, paddleboard around the shores or all of these beautiful things. It's like, it's stunning. There's so much to, to feel so fulfilled about with just the outdoors alone, the beautiful food, the beautiful wine, the beautiful spirits and the beautiful beer. You know, there's something for everyone. You also freelance for several major national media outlets like Martha Stewart and 750 Daily. So can you tell us what you typically cover for them and also how your writing for each one differs? Well, you know, it depends on the audience, right? So if your audience is really a broad consumer audience, which is what MarthaStewart.com's audience is, I cover everything from what's a martini to, uh, I just did a story on different glass shapes and do they matter? Or do they not matter? And I mean, mostly for, for Martha Stewart, I write about, um, spirits mm. and cocktails and just explain those wonderful topics to, uh, to their audience. And I think, it, and I get such pleasure out of doing that because when you, when you spend so many years in this arena, 
you know, specifically spirits and cocktails, your level of knowledge is what it is. And you assume you just start to kind of get in that weird little tunnel where you think everybody knows what you know. You forget like, oh, people don't know this. Like how exciting to be able to like, just say, oh, hey, this is what whiskey is. <laughs> you know, like people don't, they don't know what bourbon, they don't know that bourbon is a whiskey or that scotch is a whiskey. They don't know what the category is. Mm-hmm. And 750 Daily is just such a pleasure. I love the kind of stories I get to do on bar education, on different interesting things going on in the world, whether it's how something agriculturally is affecting a spirit. Like I got to do a story for them on cognac and the, and the slow but notable rise in producers who are really starting to think about how those grapes are grown, really looking at organic certifications, you know, trying to change how things were done. So I get to do and just like dive down those rabbit holes in those stories. And that scratches that itch of, for me, of wanting to learn and just getting to know people in the industry all around the country and all around the world. It's really, really fun and exciting. How do you come up with your story ideas for 750 Daily and where do you go for inspiration? I think every time I walk outside my door or I pick up a newspaper and every time I see, I don't know, just like what's going on in the world. I mean, that sounds kind of hokey, but, you know, if I travel, if I look at something thing I haven't noticed before that somebody's doing in a restaurant or a bar or I don't know, like it, I think it's just about keeping your eyes open. And instead of like chasing trend, I think, you know, just, just being open to what's going on in the world and listening and, and watching is just a pleasure. We also enjoyed working with you on your story on this year's cocktails trends for Martha Stewart. And thank you so much for including the Negroni Spagliato with Lambrusco from Torisi Bar and Restaurant. So um, what other trends are you most excited about this year? Oh, you know, um, I love that. Mezcal is becoming something that people are curious about. You know, I know there's a lot of fear that the more popular it becomes, the more industrial it mm-hmm. could become. And that's certainly a risk. But I just like that people are learning what it is instead of, you know, just tossing it off as, oh, it's just this, you know, this thing that's, you know, tastes strange or you know, they don't know what it is. So they just make up all kinds of stuff about it. I think, uh, I love seeing, I love seeing how gin has just become like fire and just like the way different producers, this, like this, just, I love like the way different producers are using their own botanicals to express something, you know, really local, really hyper local and really of a place you know, gin is the one spirit that can totally do that. And it's, that's so fun and really cool. I I remember distinctly, like 15 years ago, 10 years ago, different friends of mine who are not in, in this industry, just being like, oh, I don't like gin. And now those same people are coming around saying, you know, I think I do like gin. It's really cool. You know, I, I hold hope that, um, brandy will, um, somehow, you know, find, and I think, you know, you're seeing more, more, certainly in the craft industry, you're seeing a lot more going on with brandy. And I love, I love that. So as you know, um, our audience, our listeners are all over the world, um, bartenders, chefs, sommeliers, hoteliers, and many, many, many industry people. Pretty much everyone has an incredible story to tell. So for them, 
what kind of stories you will be working on for Mata Stewart or a 750 Daily in coming months. I um, I'm hoping to do some more whiskey writing for Martha Stewart. I think that audience is really ripe for wanting to learn more about whiskey and the different types of whiskey. And I hate to like because it's a you know it's a predominantly female audience who reads MarthaStewart.com. We're still struggling with these kind of gender roles and you know focuses. It's changed a lot. But every time there's a story about a, a woman who's a distiller, it's like, you're a female distiller. It's like, yes, yes, I'm a distiller. <laughs> you know, I think it's, uh, I, I'd really like to, to help that audience to learn a bit more about and, and just make better purchases and, and drink better. If our listeners want to pitch their story ideas to you, do you have any tips or, you know, things they should definitely do or things they should definitely not do? <laughs> yeah, definitely know my name and how to spell it. It's just A-M-Y. <laughs> it's pretty easy. <laughs> um, uh, you know, look at, you know, when you're pitching somebody, it, it, especially from the PR side, like I, I know it's really hard, especially when you're trying to blanket people. And, and I really do have a lot of empathy because, you know, pitching, pitching editors is not that much different than pitching writers. <laughs> you know, we're all just trying to, get a story or an idea to catch somebody's eye. And I know how difficult that can be, but, you know, research, research a little bit, you know, like, you know, look at the stories that the, that the person you're pitching has done, like make sure they haven't done that story. And if they have like, what's the different angle and be passionate about what you're pitching me. Like if it's something that you're really excited about, then I'm probably going to get excited about it. You know, a pet peeve lately that I have, like I get, like if, if I have a story that's gone live, like within the next few days or a week, I'll get a pitch that says, I see you just wrote this story about ice. You know, we also make ice by this person who I, you know, like, so pitching the same story, I'm probably not going to do that story again soon. You'd probably be best pitching that story to somebody, somebody else. So maybe like, find another writer who's has similar style um, that you admire and, and maybe pitch that person instead, because that person might really be excited about writing that story about ice that I wrote. <laughs> so we call our podcast hospitality forward. And in your opinion, what organization or person have you recently seen innovating and moving the hospitality and travel industry forward? I judge annually and I'm so grateful that they asked me every year to come back with the American Craft Spirits Association. And um, they started a mentorship program last year to really help people in the industry who don't necessarily get the same access that others might. I love how they really want to create a level playing field. I really respect that. And I love that they're drawing on the experience of other people in the organization to help others get, get a leg up. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, I think mentorship is really important and there's, there's room for everybody. And, you know, yeah, it's competitive, but, you know, we can be good to each other. And I like that the American Craft Spirits Association has leading by example. That's wonderful. So now it's a time for a fun question, Amy. What is your favorite drink? And if you could choose one person, who would you share it with and why? My 
favorite drink. It's called the Artist Special. It is bourbon, Amontillado sherry, lemon juice, a bar spoon of grenadine, um, a lemon twist. It touches all of those little places in your on your palate. It's a little savory, a little sweet. It's you know, it's a little tart. Um, if I, okay, if I could share it with one person who isn't with us anymore, I would love to bring my mom back because I think she would have really, really loved that drink. If I could share it with my favorite person in the world, I would 100% share it and have shared it with my really, really wonderful husband and best friend in the world, Dan Murata. He is my champion and I don't know how I found this person, but I'm so, so lucky that I did. Oh, he's he's very lucky himself. Yeah. <laughs> if you have to choose one country to travel with Dan, what's on your bucket list? Oh, well, we just, I mean, really what we want to do is move to Italy. So I'm trying to get him to get his citizenship because his father, even though his parents um, had uh, immigrated to this country and became naturalized citizens of the United States, um, my father-in-law did not become naturalized before my husband was born. So he is eligible to get his Italian citizenship. So I've been pushing him to go do it, which means I get my Italian citizenship too, which would be awesome. That's the retirement plan, guys. Sounds like a recipe for deliciousness. <laughs> Come visit anytime. Before we wrap up, for those who understood your tips, what would be the best way to contact you? Um, the best way to contact me is my email, which I'm happy to give out because I think it's probably on my website anyway. So that's fine. Mm -hmm. um, it's azavado at gmail.com. I am, um, if you want to pitch me stories about the Hamptons, that would be uh, to my other work email, which is azavado at timesreview.com. Um, and, you know, just reach out. And if it's something that we can do together, I'm, I'm happy to do it. And I'm always excited to hear people's ideas. Amy, thank you so much for your time. It was so great to chat with you. And we appreciate all of your insights and tips. And please give our best regards to Dan. And we are very much looking forward to our couple's night out together. We are too. And thank you both, Hannah and Michael, for um, for having me on. Thank you for all you do in the industry and, and just for always being such lovely people. And I am grateful for our friendship. Oh, thank feeling, you. Feelings are mutual. Very mutual. Amy is so thoughtful and passionate about the topic she covers. And now that you know what Amy is looking for, please feel free to reach out to her and introduce herself. And don't forget to mention that you heard her on our Hospitality Forward podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends and colleagues. Also, for all media guests to date, you can find their information and episode on our agency's website, www.analeecommunications.com. See you next week. Until then, join us as we move Hospitality Forward together.